Welcome to the Watch and Learn Show, where we talk about life lessons we learn from movies new and old, and we have a bit of fun along the way. And now, here's the host, Sky and Dusty. Hey, hey, movie maniacs. My name is Sky, and I'm joined by my brother, Dusty. Dust, I have a question for you. Do you think we can record this entire podcast live without stopping at all? With one take. I don't know. That sounds really, really hard. Now, the way they do it in this movie, it just seems like that's the easy. Doing this, our podcast in one take, that's hard. 30 minutes. I mean, I'd like to see Matt, Sam Mendes do, do this for himself, man. Uh, yeah. So I love that we're actually recording these now when we're putting these on YouTube. So anybody, if you're wanting to watch us and interact with us like with the chat and everything inside youtube go to our youtube page it's in the description of this podcast so don't worry about trying to find a link we're probably gonna have some links sooner actually let's do this watch and learn podcast.com forward slash youtube and that'll send you right there plus we'll have that in the description as well um we don't have very many people following us on that but because we just you know we're just getting started so i'm looking forward to getting people interacting on youtube Absolutely, man. And speaking of interaction, if you really want to, Dust, we could maybe do these as a live broadcast. What do you think? Uh, uh, well, you just mentioned chat and getting interactive. Maybe so that would be the next step. Once we get a few more people that are saying, hey, let's let's get interactive, then probably. But that might be fun. It'd be really fun. Now, I everybody go ahead and watch us on YouTube so you can see us all over. Like I talk with my hands a lot, so you'll see that I almost knock over the camera and the, the computer a couple times. But um, uh, you can see us, and you can say, "Hey, you know what? Sky looks older than Dusty, or Dusty looks older than Sky." In fact, um, you—I don't know if we've ever said who's older, but what's funny is we always get somebody say, "Well, we think somebody's older." I'm not going to give it away. We think somebody's older than the other, and we just you know like, "Oh, well, no, it's actually the opposite." So let's get. Yep. Let's get to the movie, man. I love like, film of the year. For me, absolutely film of the year. I think when I realized it was all one take, because we don't watch trailers beforehand. We don't know anything about the movie other than we see the plane, you know, the plane coming down and crashing. Seeing that was super spectacular when you see it like in a trailer. Um, so I knew that was going to happen. I see him running, um, the main guy running. But... I had no idea it was going to be one take. I had no idea it was going to be that phenomenal. Now, the story was pretty good, but it was cinematically was brilliant acting, brilliant, everything. Absolutely brilliant. So for me, film of the year. I kind of agree with you there. I do give this movie an A+, but technically, as per the rules of, you know, Academy Awards and stuff, they released this on a smaller scale right at the end of 2019 and that's the same year as Endgame. So for me, movie of the year Endgame still. That's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz uh, I for general or for like worldwide release 2020 so far we're what 15 days into the year movie. Of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um it I I absolutely this one is an A plus for me. Now like I said the story was good it, it was it was captivating it gets you in there and it gives them a reason to go do what they're supposed to do um wasn't the most you know spectacular story but the way they shot it cinematically having the camera swoop down as they're going through to that big crater with the water it hovers over the water and then comes back up I'm like how in the world now i don't know did they actually do all this in one take and never cut or did they use cg to cut it what do you think uh, they used uh, uh, multiple takes per day 
of the same. So every time like you would see a really good transition, maybe the camera pans across and there's a, a tree in its way. That's when the editor can cut right there, you know, or when they're going in or out of a tunnel and it goes from really dark to light or light to dark. That's when you can do those kinds of cuts. So they did it over. I think what I read was like a two month shooting schedule. But uh, but just just the way that they filmed it with the camera, like you said, right there. A lot of those shots when you're right there with the actors, you really feel the intensity. Those scenes are so awesome. You you're you're like a third person right there with them. You know, they're never reacting to you and talking to you, but you're right there experiencing feeling everything that they're feeling. And then some of those shots, like when they came over the trench, when the guys were walking this way, they came over the barbed wire and then down as they fell into that pit. It was just some such incredible stuff. I, I completely agree with you. The uh, the uh, production design on this movie, top notch. It should definitely win an Oscar there. I yes, absolutely. And I love I really want to touch on your point. I literally felt like I was there. The entire time I was along on the mission with them because of the way they shot it. Now, I think of back to other war movies that were really good. Like Saving Private Ryan was really, really good. Story was really good. The way they shot it. And um, really, really good movie. Um, Incredible. uh, No, uh, what was that? Uh, Inglorious Bastards. That wasn't really. It was a more fun movie. I'm just thinking of other war movies in general. You know, I, um, Apocalypse Now, which I never actually saw. I was a little young, but Platoon I did see. But anyways, thinking about all these other war movies that are really fantastic. And sorry if I missed your favorite in that quick little list because I just came off the top of my brain. But um, I literally felt like I was there. Now Saving Private Ryan, you you feel like you're a part of the story. You're just watching them. This I literally felt like I was along the ride with them. Yeah, and it was such a fun ride, exhilarating, scary, uh, suspenseful, and a little heartbreaking too, right? When Lance Corporal uh, Baker, gosh darn man, these names, I just couldn't really remember them. But um, uh, So if you're watching this on YouTube, so Blake. yeah, so Sky, he, uh, so on our video chat thing, he can put his name, and he put Lance Corporal Sky. Um, I went, uh, I'm going to go private first class. <laughs> I'm private first. <laughs> I think that's the lowest. I don't really know. I have never been in the military. My hat's off. I, I, I fully appreciate everybody in the military protecting us and giving us our freedom here in America and protecting all around the world for every different uh, country. But um, yeah, so I just was like, let me put it the lowest because I would probably be the lowest private first class. But yeah, so I thought that was really cool of you, Sky, putting Lance Corporal. And now that's what um, uh, the main character, he was Lance Corporal, wasn't he? They were both Lance Corporals. Yeah, Blake and Schofield. Yeah. Yeah. So watching from the very beginning, I was literally enthralled from the time that he stood up or uh, uh, his sergeant comes to him and says, you know, get up, grab somebody and come with me. Once I saw this was one take, I was enthralled. I, maybe it's mean kind of I'm, I'm not a movie like um, uh, producer or anything like that I just absolutely appreciate good cinematography um, good uh, directing good acting all, I just appreciate it because it just kind of sticks with me I remember there's a bunch there's a good amount of movies that um, they maybe have like a five minute uh, one shot scene and I was sitting there watching okay it's already been five minutes of one shot. When is it going to stop? And it just keeps going throughout the whole movie. The only time that I thought, okay, that's an easy break was when um, uh, Lance Corporal, I can't remember what's his name, Winston? Uh, Schofield? Schofield. Or Bla- Sorry. Blake. Okay. Sorry, Schofield. Uh, when Lance Corporal Schofield blacks out. That's the only time. Okay, that's literally a cut. Before that, that's like an hour of a movie that made it look like it was literally the same scene the entire way through. 
For sure. It's crazy, man. And this is the perfect kind of movie to do that first person one take thing because it's basically like a two hour movie and the time frame of it. If you if you remove that blackout time, it's two hours of his life on it on this mission. So it was a perfect way to do it. And I really love how you mentioned a few different movies, um, Saving Private Ryan, which is great. I've seen it quite a few times. But then you also mentioned, of course, of course, Platoon and Apocalypse Now. I've seen both of those. I think I've only seen them once. I have no desire to watch them again. They're really tough watches and stuff. But this one, I could go back to the theater right now and rewatch it because they put you in the middle of the action. Like at the beginning of Saving Private Ryan, when they're landing on Omaha Beach or whatever the beach name was, you felt like they were there. But but that was like 20 minutes of the movie, right? This movie was an hour, I mean, two hours of being there the whole time. Super endlessly rewatchable, and I'd highly recommend it to everybody. You gave it an A-plus earlier, and I can't remember if I said the same. I'm an A-plus right there with you for sure. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely an A-plus. And you're right. I can watch that opening scene to Saving Private Ryan, the Omaha Beach. It's, it was Omaha Beach, right? I it was one of the beaches. I don't mm-hmm. forgive me if I don't have that right. But anyways, the um, the beach that they land on um, and they storm in there. You literally feel like you are there. You're a part of everything, and that's what this movie, 1917, made you feel like. And what I really love is, uh, it seems like this is probably a true story. At least that's what um, the director said that he heard from his grandfather, and like there were stories and stuff. And there's no. Uh, we don't know if it's actually true or not. I mean, the, the government could actually come back and say, yes, it's true or not, but they're not going to. But just storytelling, it's absolutely terrific the way that they told it. Now, there was another movie that um, he shot, uh, the director. What what was it? It was uh, can't he did Skyfall and Spectre. He also did Road to Perdition and one other movie. Oh, um, American Beauty he did, too. Wow. Okay, so he's visually he knows how to tell a story and this was a fantastic way now i think that road to road to perdition was very long and drawn out i skyfall but it was visually really like cinematography and everything looked great skyfall was actually a very enjoyable movie but what was the most recent bond one that that came out uh specter right yeah specter he, as a director, I, we, we're not going to cover Spectre. Actually, I love uh, James Bond movies, but we're not going to cover Spectre. But how in the world, as a director, can you say, James Bond, he literally kills every single person. He'll kill every single person. But the main bad guy, the bad guy who did everything, killed everybody, did, destroyed his life. Oh, I'm going to stop now and not kill you. What? 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 Stupid. Anyway, so I was like, that... That took me off, but this brought him, like, his stock has risen with this movie. For sure, for sure. Now, Sam Mendes directed that prior Spectre, but I guarantee he didn't have a say in the writing and the story. He wrote this one with a writing partner of his, and you were mentioning um, uh, it's actually not a true story. He made it up, but he made it up based off of stories that he his grandfather used to tell him. You saw at the very end of the movie, he said this movie was dedicated to whatever the name of his grandfather was. You know, last name was Mendes right there, and this was dedicated to him, but he came up with the story elements, but it's basically the same kind of stories you heard. You know, people running through battlefields, through dangerous uh, times to communicate message this is back in 1917 right communication isn't what it is now for sure so uh delivering those messages that's a uh, that helps you break through the fog of war and saves men's lives and leads to battleship uh battle wins and stuff right but um uh oh where was i what were you saying so i was talking about the specter and sam oh. mendes and all that that's right with, with specter you're absolutely right i bet you if sam mendes had written that he would have 
made Bond kill him at the end. But logically, just for the company, for the movie producers, they wanted to keep that character alive to use in future movies. You could always I mean, come that, up with new characters. Even though, exactly, yeah, they can always come up with new ones for sure. But when you have Christoph Waltz as your main bad guy, it would be great to use him in multiple movies. I, so I love that guy. They just, yeah, totally. They just skip the logic right there and just say, hey, let's keep him alive. He's a fantastic actor. I just, I love for watching sure. him in every single movie. Like, um, you said this a long time ago. I can't remember which actor it was. Um, it was way before we started watching Learn Podcasts. It was probably when we were like in college. So you said something about, hey, this one guy, for some reason, every single time I see him in a movie, not talking about this the same guy, but a totally different actor. For some reason, when I watch the movie that he's in, my eyes automatically go to him. No matter if there's 100 people or five people or two people, he steals the spotlight. And that's what, uh, what's that guy's name uh, we just talked about? The um, Daniel Craig? No, oh. no, no, Christoph Waltz. <laughs> yes, Christoph Waltz. Christoph he Waltz. literally, like, my eyes go to him because he, his charisma just grabs. Anyways, so let's get off of that because I wanted to talk about the acting in this movie. So going, you know, transitioning from them to these guys. Now, I've seen uh, one of them in a movie before, like the, the guy that got killed um, by the, the socialist. Um, you probably remember him from... Um uh, you just called him the socialist instead of the Nazi. He's a uh, socialist. You, yes. I know, but you probably remember him from Game of Thrones. Oh, I was just, he in I Game of Thrones? IMDb. Yeah, I looked up his credits. I've never seen Game of Thrones, but I'm figuring that's where you've seen him before. But probably. for me, neither of the main actors I'd ever seen before. Got it. So I want to quickly touch on, I'll probably get back into it, but the reason why you use the word socialist is that's what Nazis stand for, national socialist. It could be democratic socialist. It's basically socialist. So, but going back to talking about the um, uh, the acting, the acting was phenomenal. And you have uh, – I, I really enjoy Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's a fantastic, brilliant actor. Although in um, uh, Endgame and Infinity War, he there was a couple things I was like, oh, Benedict, that, that's pretty horrible acting. Um, we already covered um, Endgame, so if you want to go back and watch that, you absolutely can. But – you know, Benedict Cumberbatch is literally in this for like five seconds and gone. A um, couple other actors, uh, the main guy um, in uh, The Kingsman, he was in there for two seconds and then gone. But the acting for everybody else throughout this one take of you know entire shooting was spot on. I, I There's no time I felt taken out of the movie because something was amiss. The only little bit was when... Um, uh, my, not what are their name? I I got to get better at names. What is the main character's name? Uh, uh, Schofield. Okay, Schofield. When he is cr um, crossing the broken down bridge and he's shooting his rifle, it seems like he's he definitely has plenty of bullets. But then he never reloads, and he's still shooting uh, just a couple more times. I think in that bandolier, it's probably only like five, maybe six shots at most. And so that's only one tiny thing that kind of got me out of it. Other than that, phenomenal. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's funny. I noticed that exact same thing that you did. And it's weird how maybe we're just so conditioned to these to, to, to movies, you know, uh, characters running around with like a Glock and they shoot 15 times before reloading because of seeing that stuff all the time. We just constantly notice when they do that again. Right. When somebody's holding an Uzi and shooting for 20 seconds, when that thing runs out in a second and a half, you know, you yeah, it, it does pull you out of the movie every single time. But this movie with the entire one take, like we said, did the best job ever of pulling you into the movie and keeping you there just about the entire time. Yep. And not just the one take, it's which one take is awesome, but the way that they shot it, you are, I just can't get over it. It is so 
amazing that you are literally standing there with them. Even when the the rat drops and the explosion, you feel like you're just sitting there like your your head. Like if you see my YouTube, your head is just falling. Like you're looking down. You're looking. You're, so the camera is doing what you would do if you were literally there. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, for sure it was brilliant. And a lot of the times, you know, you're you're behind the actors when they're like walking through the lines and occasionally, you know, the camera will be next to them so you know that when they designed the set, they designed a cutout or whatever or a relief for the cameraman to walk sideways around him, you know. So just some awesome stuff. And then like we talked about earlier, occasionally like they attach they suddenly attach the camera to a crane. I bet you these are like $50,000, the best cameras ever to not have be bumpy, you know, all that kind of stuff. Attach it to a crane, it comes over goes down goes across the pond and then another camera operator picks it up and goes i mean just such incredible uh brilliant filmmaking i think as well so i i want to quickly go back to what you said that endgame you would think is the movie of the year i think storytelling fun enjoyable definitely endgame is up there but if i were to pick what i think is more of a phenomenally shot movie phenomenal everything not necessarily story but the cinematography, I'm enthralled, 1917 for me beats Endgame. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with you. Cinematography, uh, production design, all that kind of stuff, definitely it beats it. But for me, Endgame cannot be beat just for the fact that it uh, it stuck the landing on ending 22 movies in a row. Over 10 years, 22 movies, everything built to this, and it nailed it perfectly. Now, I know a lot of people aren't into a lot of the Marvel movies like us, and so they can easily say um, uh, 1917 is the movie of the year or whatever other movie beats it, right? Uh, but because we are so into Marvel and superhero stuff, that they stuck the landing. So even though it wasn't maybe as as cinematically beautiful and stuff, uh, even though they did do a great job, great CG, great environments, great set design as well. Um, but uh, it's still the number one movie yeah. of the year for me. Yeah. Game, yeah. No, I get for it. Sure. Now I have a question for you. When Corporal Blake died, uh, how sad was it? I didn't shed a tear, but man, I was so bummed that for, for one thing, as soon as he gets stabbed, you know, oh my God, stabbed in the gut. It's not like he was stabbed in the arm or, or whatever. You knew that was the end of him. And from that point forward, from the next like three minutes it was, as he was slowly dying, so sad. The color was draining from his face too. It just amazing, amazingly sad uh, instance or uh, scene of the movie. And so talking about just the story without the acting, acting phenomenal, he, him not breathing, like him changing color, all that stuff. Like in one take, I got to say that again, one Take, I'm blown away. But think of the story. As soon as they went to the plane to pull him out, I was like, oh, crap, that's a socialist. They are, they are literally going to try to kill you. Social, socialists are evil people. This national socialist is going to get out and try to kill you. And I was proved right. So my first lesson, I'm going to jump right into that. Never trust a socialist. They are literally <laughs> going to try to kill you or take whatever you have or control you or anything like that. So I definitely am never trusting a socialist because of this movie. I got you. Very good lesson. I, I love that <laughs> lesson. There. And that that scene was my first Monday morning quarterback, and it it was of course don't pull the Nazi pilot out of the plane. But if you're in the moment, like you were these two guys working together, trying to keep each other alive, he saved your life not too long ago, right? You're working together. You're just in the mode of let's survive. Let's let's get through this. All of a sudden, you see somebody else, another human in need. 
burning in a plane, I think most people would forget that they are a Nazi, that they're the enemy, and you're going to run over and pull them out. So while it's the Monday morning quarterback, I totally understand doing it. I, I can't fault them for doing that thing, you know, not thinking to the future, not thinking, wow, once we pull them out and save them, what's going to happen? You, you, you know, you don't go beyond that part. Just like in Saving Private Ryan, when Tom Hanks's character allowed that one German to leave and then he came back and was shooting, you know, with his regiment, of course, that's what he's going to do. But in the moment, you want to do the right humane thing, you know. I I definitely understand. And he paid the price for it. You know, the sad yeah. thing is eventually he had to kill him just because mm-hmm. he's going to try to kill you. That's what socialists do. They try to kill you. Anyways, I'll get off the socialist thought. But was that your Monday morning quarterback is don't pull him out that of the plane? That was my Monday morning, yeah. Got it. So my first lesson was um, literally don't help a socialist or don't trust or don't believe or stay away from socialists. That's the number one lesson. My Monday morning quarterback, which I'll jump right into because you went into it, was or it basically is why didn't they say, okay, and maybe you can help me to understand why they did this. Why in the world did you not send maybe three groups of two or send a plane? And, you know, uh, because you knew they were pulling out. You saw planes flying over. That's why one of them crashed because they were in a dogfight. Why didn't you do something else as opposed to just these two guys? And so my Monday morning quarterback, if it had to be on foot, send two group or sorry, three groups of two at different waves or different times. And so that's that's just a, a better way to go. Um, on, on top of that, I will add too, that was such a jerk move of the general. Say, hey, your brother's going to die. You go over there and save him. Like, uh, uh, oh, okay. Like that. Let's find the guy that's, uh, yeah, that was a jerk move. But that's my Monday morning quarterback. Figure out another way or more of a foolproof plan to get them to stop. I gotcha. I, I I love that Monday morning quarterback. I think it was actually, it maybe was a, a, a mean thing, a jerk thing to do, but it was the smart thing to do. You found somebody within your regiment, within your group, who has a real incentive to get across that ba- dangerous battlefield and make it to stop the the advance, stop the attack, you know. So it, it made a lot of sense, but I do agree with you right there. My my first lesson was movement is survival. If you stop, you are dead. And so as you saw Blake and uh, and Schofield, they were just constantly on the move when you're in enemy territory. Once you sit down and hunker down, that's when the enemy finds you. They zone in on you. The sniper comes in, boom, boom, you're dead, right? They had to keep on moving. And that was, I, I guess that was also a great part about, or like a great reason why Sam Mendes decided to do this as a one take because constant momentum, you're not in one place for too long, which could get boring, right? Constantly moving perfect for the movie and then perfect for just your mission. You know, you have to accomplish it. You've got to move through. So I think that that's my first lesson. That's a, that's a great lesson. Um, and there's a saying, it goes, if you're, if you're in a fight, if you're in a firefight or something, if you're not shooting, you're reloading. If you're not reloading, you're moving. If you're not moving, you're dead. So that's the plan. You have to either shoot, reload, or shoot again, or move, or you're going to be dead. So that's a great, yep. great lesson. So yep. Yep. my second lesson is basically, okay, so this movie is made in 1917, the or it's based around 1917. In 1911, there was a new gun that came out. It's a it's a pistol. Um, it's it's they actually it's called a 1911. And I wish I would have thought ahead. It's in my safe. I have a 1911 in my safe. It's one of those iconic, like, general-looking guns. Looks like It looks awesome. I mean, it's a really, really nice gun. Fire's fantastic. It's a really, really great gun. So my second lesson is always have a sidearm. Now, your son is start, it wants to get into airsoft, right? And you got him an airsoft rifle, which is really cool. It's an AK. I think it's super fun. But... 
my opinion, you have to always have a sidearm. And I didn't plan this, but I'm going to go ahead and grab mine. Hold on. So if you're watching the screen, I'm literally, you can see it right there. So here is my everyday carry. I'm going to go ahead and so make sure that everybody sees I'm pulling out. So I got the bullet out. So this is my everyday carry. I'm always carrying this. And I didn't plan it. I came home and I was like, you know, let me take out my gun. And I set it right there to get ready for this. Um, kids are all, they're gone and everything for uh, homeschool PE and stuff. But always, always, always have a sidearm. And the sidearm is going to be for anything. Like say your rifle actually um, uh, jams. jams or you ran out of bullets or something, or you're in close quarters. And so what you have is, um, uh, so the rifle is for long distance. And so you have time to to reload. You have time for all that sort of stuff. But if you're in close quarters, like you were with those two guys, one guy, you know, all drunk and by the fire and the other guy, he chokes out. Um, even though firing the pistol would actually alert people, you have to protect yourself. It doesn't matter if people are coming, if you're dead. So one thing is you have a pistol. So if you need to, like you're choking the one guy, but the other guys come at you, literally pull out your pistol and then you boom, 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 you fire at him and then you run and a movement after that. So always have a sidearm because for close quarters, you need to have that protection. Plus it's just an extra um, tool or an extra weapon that you can use to protect yourself. Totally good lesson right there. Love that one. Uh, let's see. My second lesson, rats are the devil, right? They spread plague. They eat your dog's food in the garage and they trip trip wires, man. Stay away from rats. What I've heard is that if you see one rat, there's probably 25 others That's that you don't say. that you don't see. Yes. Yeah, so absolute rats are all horrible. And you think about it. You said they, they actually bring um, uh, plagues and all that sort of stuff. I remember when the Black Plague came, they the people because, you know, there was you remember. Sorry, <laughs> hearing of, learning of the Black Plague. <laughs> yeah. um, so I didn't the, know the Black Plague came to Arizona, man. I'm not visiting <laughs> you this year. So no apparently way. they all thought that the rats, and, no, sorry, the cats and the dogs were spreading it. They didn't realize the rats, but they especially thought the cats were. So they killed all the cats, but the cats were oh. killing the rats. And as soon as they killed all the cats, the rats just kept exploding. It got worse and worse and worse. And so, yeah, rats are literally disgusting. Um yeah, that's a great, great lesson. So what's it, from your take from that is literally kill them as soon as you see them, right? That's right. That's right. As soon as you see them, rat traps around the house in a heartbeat. For the first thing I thought of, and this is not a lesson, but it can be, is shoot, rats are food. Like if you are literally starving and, you know, the canned dog, I, I get that, you know, you're, you're starving. But I mean, hey, if you're literally going to starve, you're going to die. You got to eat what you can. Those rats are pretty big. They're they're looking pretty good. If you don't have any other food, that could be food. What do you Absolutely. think? Absolutely, I agree with you there, one hundred percent. Yeah, awesome. Just trap them and then eat them. So skin them first. Uh, my last lesson is really just goes along with your. I think it was your second lesson. Um, just keep moving. Just keep moving. Do not stop. Do not hunker down. Um, just like. When they cleared out that house, I don't know if I would have tried to clear the house. I probably would have went like further around and hunkered through because it, it's not necessary. It doesn't help your mission. You're not told to clear out. And so I would have just went around. Same thing with the bridge. Um, what I... I love the idea that he was firing. And so one way that he was firing, like he wouldn't shoulder it until he popped his head up and then shouldered it. So that is another lesson on top of this um, with the movement, with firing the, the rifle, right? So he would, you know, breathe and get one, two, three, and then pop his head up and then shoulder it and then aim, which 
if you play Call of Duty, you're going to die doing that. If you go in battle, you're going to die doing that because you, you want to make sure you have as little part of your body sticking out. So what I would have done there is literally shoulder it, get ready, literally aim to where it's going to be, then pop my head up so the rifle's right there so it's it's less of a transition time. So I guess that's another big part of the lesson is, man, as he's doing that, I'm like, if I were a sniper and as soon as I saw the head pop up, boom, because I know where he's at. He hasn't moved. And the sad thing was he literally didn't move. He kept taking the same shots from the same position. What he should have done is... Uh, again, with the movement thing, is take a shot, or maybe two at most, and then change positions, go back around and see if he can come up, and then pop up, because he's already, the bad guy is, the sniper is looking where you are right now, he's probably scanning just a little bit, but if you're like, you know, eight feet to the side, he's going, oh, and he has to transition, it gives you an extra second to take a shot, so keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Absolutely. And that uh, that strategy of aiming, shouldering your gun first, popping out and shooting so you're already ready to do that, it's something we do in paintball as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So uh, let's see. My third lesson is wrap a wound ASAP because you never know when your hand is just going to plunge into a decaying body. Don't take the risk, man. But there's no such thing as germs back then they didn't know about that they're yeah, like ah, just i guess gross. that's true huh yeah no yeah, but you're a right. lot of guys died on the operating table in the triage because they just didn't realize uh blood from what you know the contaminants and all that stuff yeah yeah so you know how the two brothers in the movie um the uh, both lights corporal and the the i think it was a sergeant or lieutenant or a lieutenant um they're brothers in there and so i want you guys to go to youtube and watch the video and say hey who's older between dustin and sky and put in the comments which who do you think is actually older because um and eventually i'll put in their comments who's actually older but um you know the older brother and the younger brother. i think we've probably said it inside one of these shows in the past but if you don't know maybe i'm just curious maybe. to see i won't say anything for the podcast listeners right now but if you're looking at us one of the two of us has a lot of gray in his beard so that might be a clue <laughs> well yeah uh, yeah but uh we uh, anyways i want to know okay let's move on <laughs> but we're totally. both getting older yes we are for sure getting older but here's the thing so i said earlier that i love the production design incredibly beautiful right here is the order in which like we traveled with our with our two soldiers right and i want to know which which uh which set or which set piece i guess you could say because they weren't indoors and sets but which set was the most awesome most spectacular to you they started in a lovely pasture they went to went to the allied lines they walked through no man's land uh the german lines and the tunnels underneath they had a little small force and then a destroyed farmhouse then the bombed out city of acoust and that destroyed bridge the french girls hideout the river the forest with the fifth wave and that one guy doing the singing those new allied lines along with the battlefield and then that pasture with the tree at the end which was your favorite set piece that is a fantastic question because they were literally all phenomenal um i even though going through acoust and seeing that city all bombed out and everything and destroyed that was phenomenal they did great but for some reason maybe it was just at the beginning i felt really into it and i was so gravitated it was literally walking through the front lines of the allied forces going to eventually getting over and start going into no man's land and all that sort of we see the dead horses it was that that i i my brain goes back to that just being like man look how comfortable we are living in the world today there is literally no wars like this going on it's never been this peaceful ever in the history of the world even though there's some skirmishes and things here going on there's never been a time like this and i just put myself because you're watching it you're like man what if i was there 
how amazingly like I just felt a part of it. And I think that was my favorite. How about you? Cool. Mine was the bombed out city of Acoust, especially at night or in the wee hours of the morning when the flares were going off and the lights, you know, the moving shadows and stuff. So incredibly beautiful and so awesome. Like they built that gigantic place because you could see them running at the beginning through, I don't know, a hundred yards at least of running of, of a city they built. And then later on, after he leaves the French girl's place, running again through twists and turns and stuff, just incredible work that they did. And I, I absolutely uh, just, I just loved it. Right. It's, it's a bit depressing. It's a full bombed out city, broken walls, gravel everywhere or rubble is the word, but, uh, still uh, an awesome set piece for me yeah man phenomenal movie so what is your prop that you would take home um uh lance corporal Schofield's entire outfit backpack included with his rifle and with his helmet maybe even with like a bullet dent from that one sniper shooting him right that's that's what i would love to see right here next to me It, it just reminded me of um i think it's the winter soldier, you know, and, and you see, um, Captain America's outfit just right there, he, him holding a shield. It'd be, it reminded me of that. Like you would put it on a, on a mannequin and, and have it say, that's pretty cool. I think that would be yep. really, really cool. I really just think for me, I think that would be fantastic. I'll just take the rifle, like just either one, his or, uh, uh, starts with a B. What's the other guy's name? Blake, Blake, um, take one of their rifles and have that rifle as, as a set piece. That's, uh, man, but I mean, in all, I just can't say enough about this movie. It was phenomenal. Everybody, I would suggest you need to see this. If anything, just to learn how bad socialists are. That's that's one thing. Like, never trust a socialist. Yep, yep, yep. And um, so a couple other things right here. The Academy Awards agree with you or the members of the Academy, right, that nominate stuff. They have 10 uh, nominations, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Production Design, and Best Original Screenplay. And I think really it does deserve all of those. Um, Best Picture for sure. I mean, my vote is Endgame, but Endgame wasn't even nominated for Best Picture. But uh, 1917. They deserve them all for sure. I absolutely agree. Loved, loved yep, the movie. Yep. I would, I would not mind going back and watching it again. Yep. Good. Oh, uh, and I actually, I might go watch it again because it's perfect for the big screen too. I mean, it'll be good when it comes out on Redbox or I buy it on Amazon or something. But in the big screen, oh, I've, I've got to see it again. Uh, I'll one take, last I'll take thing, Melissa there because she didn't come with me. She wasn't feeling oh. well, so I think next week I'm going to have to take her just because it was terrific. Good. Yep. Good. I, I like that idea. Um, One other thing I really liked about the movie, Mark Strong, you know, the bald guy from uh, Kingsman and all that stuff. He was great. He's great in every role. Um, But when he said a, a, a really cool piece of foreshadowing, when he told Schofield, make sure there are witnesses present because some men just love the fight. I thought, oh, my gosh, that is so that's just such an awesome like foreshadowing of what might happen at the end. Maybe he's going to make it all the way and the and the and the commander is just going to say screw you, rip it up and then proceed and all 1600 men die. Who knows what what could have happened. And so it did give me a little bit of that um oh no, this could turn out bad in the end. I didn't know that it would be a success. Yeah. I think that's I I liked that foreshadowing. Um Part of me was thinking, stay on the car. I mean, even though it's six miles that way and six miles back, stay on it. But then again, you never know if that bridge is going to be blown out too. So um, I, I could absolutely So many see- people, yeah, so many people with all their cars or trucks and everything, they're a bigger target. You could just be zeroed in on by, by planes and everything, and it could make your journey more difficult. Being a lone man kind of follows through with your mission, and may, maybe it's harder for the, the Nazis to zero in on you. Yeah. You mean the socialists? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the yeah. National socialists. All right. Yeah, so I I loved it, and I don't have anything more. That was just a fantastic movie, though. 
Good, good. I agree with you. So this was my choice this week. Dust, what are we going to learn from next week? Bad boys, bad boys. What you got to do? <laughs> what you got to do? They got for <laughs> so, awesome, man. That's a good choice. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, the new bad boys is coming out. They're, they're, now, those guys are getting older. And so, I mean, everybody, it's just a fact of life. Everybody gets old and everybody dies. 100% of the people die. And so, you know, I want to see how they are now as, like, I think Will Smith is got to be like, what, 55 years old. And so uh, maybe 50, 55. We're, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say my age because I want people to figure out who's older. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to sit watching it. What about you? Uh, for sure. Looking forward to it. I love action comedies just in general. Um, I enjoyed the first two. I don't know if I watched either one of them more than once. Can't remember. It was back in the day. But I am looking forward to this one. And, um, you know, you said they're getting older and stuff. I could easily see Will Smith taking part. I can't see him because he's such a big actor. He probably would not be in the Expendables, but he fits right in along with all those older action stars. Uh, and he would be cool with their cast as well. But I'm looking forward to him and Martin Lawrence back again. I agree. I like Martin Lawrence. I miss him. Yep, so do I. All righty, everybody. Thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for your eyeballs. And podcast listeners, thanks for your ears. We really do appreciate it. So you heard all of our thoughts on this movie. We want to hear yours. All you got to do is go to watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 83 and leave a comment. All righty. Once again, my name is Sky, And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with bad boys bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you bad boys sweet man all right look right. forward to it